to The Wise Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas who are studying and exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum times, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share our knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take responsibility as you care for yourself and your family in the childbearing years. Nothing that we or any of our guests share in this space is or should be misconstrued as medical advice. Pregnancy is not a disease. Birth is not a medical event. Postpartum is not a syndrome, and everyone's journey is unique. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on the Wise Birth Radio. So hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wise Birth Radio. Today we have our beautiful guest, Aiste Maria Gazdar. Am I pronouncing it correctly? (laughs) (laughs) Who, um, her and her husband, Joel, run the School of Paradise. um, And they run a bunch of different amazing courses on nutrition and healing and focusing on... Well, you're going to tell us what you focus on because you can tell it better than I can. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) So, hi, everyone. My name is Aiste, and as uh, Sarah mentioned, myself and my husband, we went to School of Paradise, which is sort of a hub for all our accumulated vision, wisdom, knowledge, practice of aligning ourselves with the highest levels of thriving in our lives with a paradise paradigm with making things flow in our lives so we focus a lot on nutrition because that's our background I wouldn't even call it nutrition more like nourishment and physical mental emotional thriving um because in some in one way or another our work has always got something to do with food but we very much extend in many different areas from areas of well-being and consciousness to to just align people with their highest expressions. So that's wow. more or less it. And for myself personally, I uh, I started focusing more on the work with women and mothers specifically uh, for many different reasons probably we're gonna touch on those and during this podcast um but one one of the things that school of paradise does is my work which is plant empowered woman which i think some aspects we're gonna talk about today (laughs) right yeah i actually wanted to start with a quote from your course plant empowered woman and a sort of a long quote but i think it's really really beautiful and sort of shows the way to the highest vision that this isn't just about what you eat this isn't about how you choose to feed your family that there's so much more to it than that um and i'm gonna just read parts of this because it's a long paragraph (laughs) ultimately god creator spirit source doesn't judge you for what you eat the awareness consciousness and choice is born within your own divinity within your vision for your own life and whatever path you choose, that path becomes possible because of your vision, your intention, and inspired, aligned action that you take to follow that vision into fruition. Ultimately, the only path of self-empowerment and thriving is the path of total self-responsibility. We each can do our inner and outer work to recenter within our highest vision of nourishment and stop and neutralize the inner emotional and mental processes of demineralization within our terrain through spiritual, emotional, and physical practices and mindset shifts and do our outer work to stop and neutralize the physical causes of miner- of demineralization through food, drink, and physical environmental toxins. So this is about so much more than a smoothie recipe. <laughs> that, that sounded pretty good when listening. It's it's awesome. reading it. <laughs> it does sound pretty it's good. Pretty <laughs> yeah, so what's the question? <laughs> I don't know, what's the question? Yeah, well... I I just love that because and in, in, in my conversations with Joel as well as what Mabel was saying, like this is not just about nutrition. This is about like mm-hmm. your mindset. And I also really like the part about taking like the radical responsibility, responsibility, which is something that we talk a lot 
and like I would say is a core part of like the work mm-hmm. that Mabel and I are doing is yeah. how do you really step into like taking the reins of your life and and making the positive change that you want to make whether it's in birth or motherhood or pregnancy and beyond yeah um, and so yeah I guess I just wanted to hear a little bit more just have you share a little bit more about that and if mm-hmm. there um was like a specific I mean I'm really curious to hear actually like your personal journey of how you got to this place because I also know like just seeing from the work and hearing from your bio that you have some background in Ayurveda as well and so yeah yeah, curious about your background and the specific question I have is um was there a specific moment or practice that really helped you like have that mindset shift because um hanging out with you and Joel like you guys are really (laughs) high vibe I love it so much radiant like really radiant and I can feel that just like emanating off of you and so I'm just you know I'm sure a lot of it has to do with like really great food that you're eating but um yeah what do you feel like if there was a moment or practice in particularly that like really helped you get to that place Okay, that's a lot to unpack. I know. Well, you just <laughs> so, just, just flow with what yeah, comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will all be great. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first of all, I think that paragraph, um, that paragraph came from sort of a very, very long-term meditation observation and working and working within the the plant-based vegan movement for so long and working with people and teaching courses and 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 also observing a lot what's happening in that plant-based veggie space and how people get themselves locked into limited ideologies that actually no longer serve them but they don't leave themselves out of them and how you know how much judgment and superiority there is mm-hmm. on regarding how one person eats and how the other person doesn't eat and all that stuff that people create within themselves and so that statement ultimately god great spirit the universe doesn't care what you eat actually the only that's the only place where you're not receiving judgment from like you know <laughs> god doesn't mind like honestly whatever you do is fine so so that brings the re- realization that uh and brings brings it back down to us and our mm-hmm. our inner awareness our inner vision and and for me the way i lead the plant empowered woman mm-hmm. and and for me the yeah. only valid uh, and high enough reason why someone would choose a plant-empowered path is that it stems from the inner awareness and inner vision because you have to have something deep inside of you that is aligning with your choice otherwise it's just temporary ideological you know currents that's passing through life uh, so that's one point and and that of course leads to self-responsibility which is another huge aspect of the plant empowered woman and of any successful thriving life at the core of it is taking self-responsibility and self and ownership for that and and of course these realizations also uh, came for me through my own life from my own experience it's not like there was a moment when I just got it. And from that moment on, everything just worked. It definitely, I definitely found myself in places where I have to learn and relearn the same thing over and over again at the deeper levels of it. And part of the creation of the Plant Empowered Woman, of that whole body of work, was my was the expression of my realization that 
okay, so I'm responsible for it. I can't just keep outsourcing that to the randomness of life, the flow of life. And I need to take responsibility. And, and my way of taking responsibility is also sharing it with others because I happen to sit on a big bag of knowledge about it. So, uh, you know, it's like I've got to I've got to share it. So and then to answer your question about um, if there was a specific point in my life where that point was reached or activated. So it's definitely I was meditating on it today and it's definitely a lifelong journey you know that that sort of life presents presents to you with that realization with that piece of task or dharma or whatever you want to call it and for me that happened pretty early i think i was i was 20 maybe um when my or even earlier when my both parents had cancer at the same time Aww. and at the same time I mean <laughs> make it up <laughs> and then I had this big realization that like we just cannot eat and nourish ourselves the same way as the previous generation is doing because we're just gonna get the same results and mm. you know it's not just only my parents are getting cancer like mm -hmm. that whole generation is overflowing with degenerative disease of all mm. shapes and forms so obviously we've got to like make a step forward and align ourselves with the physical mental emotional spiritual principles of our highest vision of thriving in order for us to not to repeat the same the same pattern that the previous generation um has done however <laughs> you know even after such direct powerful um realization and even though my work pretty much since that moment has always been uh, has always uh, had uh, something to do with food and well-being and nutrition and restaurants and feeding millions of people plant-based food even then those social cultural conditioning and patterns they do seep in and settle as a person matures and I've noticed within myself even though I had that very clear call and clear agreement within myself within life within spirit I still settled within within some sort of framework social social cultural conditioning of the previous generation and the stuff of you know the stuff we all set in in one way or another the industrial ways of nourishment mm -hmm. and it's a practice to always be one step ahead of that and mm -hmm. closer to nature closer to ourselves closer to our highest vision of thriving closer to the real sources of nourishment and to kind of lead that lead that path illuminate that path not just for yourself but for others otherwise you know we're creatures of habit we just like you know since food is so emotional we just like eating stuff that our grandmothers and mothers were making for us and we we are programmed to repeat the same pattern which is not necessarily serving us so it's been a dance on how to incorporate the tradition and the and the vision and the and the sort of leading edge uh, leading edge stuff around nourishing and nourishment and it continues to be a dance so and then once I became a mother I definitely found myself in a place once again where I was running on autopilot and thank god Joel is a good you know um nourisher and just <laughs> literally uh feeds me whether i ask or not mm -hmm. so that definitely helped but it came to a point where i had to take uh, i had to meet myself in that place where i, I take my responsibility self-responsibility for where i'm at in my health and my well-being 
and actually like own it Mm. Uh, and that's how the plant empowered woman came to life Mm. that kind of leads into like this next point part of the course that um I felt really aligned with where you say slowing down matriarch's nourishment like those are Mm -hmm. kind of the points where I feel like that is such a big part that I see of this like resurgence this remembrance of like Mm -hmm. the role of the mother and like to hold this place of nourishment and like not to just nourish ourselves but the importance of nourishing our children like from this very deep level and how that often involves like this slowing down this slower pace Mm -hmm. and like putting the nourishment kind of at the forefront and the center of like our work um yeah so I don't know if you just if you want to share any more about that, but yeah, I, I don't do. think that was kind of a realization that came through. <laughs> your mother, I think journey. it's it's a very beautiful point, and I think this realization also came through to me as part of you know this deep meditation, and um, I feel like we are the precipice as as people as society, you know, where we are holding so many edges of our life to the brink of like Mm -hmm. mm, pressure of over over pressure Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh combustion Mm. but we we're still holding them we refuse to change because you know our life is important and the values that we uphold are important but we're not you know we we're trying to hold our lives in control and a place in a way that is out of alignment with our nourishment, out of alignment mm-hmm. with like the timeless ways of being. You could call them the Aquarian ages of the Aquarian age of uh, being. Um, so, you know, with all the responsibilities and people upholding like uh, work and longer hours at work and rushing around and, um, being fed the idea of having to nourish themselves quickly and conveniently Mm -hmm. it doesn't match with what's required to actually live a well-nourished life and people little by little have to make those choices like okay like radical choices how do we radically change our lives and a lot of people still you know in that in that uh um paradox of of thinking they don't have a choice you know mm-hmm. like they have too, too much responsibility too much work too little money too much going on but that's where the radical responsibility comes back into place actually we all do have a choice it's just that choice might mean that our lives look radically different but it might be a good thing overall yeah I- <laughs> so yeah go on I just I feel like I heard a a story that like so beautifully kind of paints this picture I was just like a friend of mine was telling me about her friend who has you know a baby who is almost two years old and she's like super pregnant with her her next baby like seven months pregnant and she's working every day and the dad is working day all day full time and my friend was like wow we're just so lucky and I was thinking like Mm. yes we are lucky and I bet that mom thinks that she has to do it that way or else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and I was just thinking, you know, meditating on it. Like she doesn't have to do it that way. Like she mm. has a choice. And maybe, like you said, maybe to keep the house that they have or <laughs> to have mm, yeah. two cars mm. or, you know, to keep the income level that they've, that they're used to, maybe that's the way, but like, it doesn't, there is an option and there is a way to put, you know, our, our health and our nourishment and like the care of ourselves and our family first. But like you're saying, it might require some really big life changes, which I think what I'm all getting, what we're both getting to, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is ultimately so, yeah, the most so bringing, valuable thing. Yeah. Bringing it back to food and nourishment, you know, it's such a deep rabbit hole um, because, you know, we hold this, uh, patterns within ourselves on how what's a what's a good way you know autopilot of nourishment let's say and we used to have a quick breakfast and quick lunches and 
convenient dinners and and so the point I make in the plant empowered woman is actually all these women all these people pivoting from plant-based from vegan to to omnivorous to traditional eating to to carnivorous eating those people start investing more time in creating nourishing meals whether they plant-based or animal-based and it's not so much it's it's not as important whether you vegan veggie or you you know omnivorous it's more important like how much you allow yourself to actually spend time and learn about the ingredients and prepare them in a way that is integrated in your life integrated in your family and i must say the bone broth movement is doing it really well <laughs> i mean it takes like 24 hours to make good bone broth and you know once people integrate that habit of course it serves them in many ways there are also side effects but you know such is life mm. what i'm saying is that that people people women that choose the plant empowered pathway can make it possible and can make it work for them not by you know comparing it to the to the bone broth movement but actually learning from it and learning to integrate these slower ways of preparing food more intricate ways and and actually spending time to learn about the wild foods the herbs and the plants that mineralizes and integrate them into our daily life yeah i love the way you just the way you phrase that like the plant empowered pathway instead of you know a plant-based diet because this isn't yeah this is a, a life path yeah i you know i we tend to stay away from vegan plant-based veggie mm -hmm. um frameworks and ideologies <laughs> just because i really feel that in order for anyone to succeed in being I'll say plant empowered or eating in harmony with all of life is to make a step further from being a vegan, a veggie, a plant-based and actually finding that inner freedom to follow the path that they're inspired to follow um, with inner accountability, with inner responsibility in, and within that capacity to integrate it in their lives. And, you know, for vegan movement to succeed beyond what it is right now, which is, you know, could really be do better <laughs> in many ways. Uh, people need to, like, free themselves from from being locked in, in these ideologies and and having to perform in a certain way to fulfill the, you know, the label. Mm hmm. Well, something that you like spoke to, which is something that I've, I mean, I was hearing Joel speak about it and it just like totally lit the light bulb. And the thing that I feel like we highly agree on, because I think, you know, diet and food, there's so many different nuances and, you know, people, there's so many different ways that people believe true nourishment is and mm. schools of thought and all of these things and like I think even between us like we have certain differences mm -hmm. which I think is beautiful and I think it's really important to like have conversations with people who maybe see things a little bit differently but I feel like the thing that we that makes so much sense and that like every really nourishment healing path is focusing on like the mineral aspect and mm -hmm. like that we can all agree upon that we yeah, 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 that yeah, we need sure. to remineralize and like that minerals are just for sure, so for critical sure. um so yeah i'd love to hear you kind of dive into that a little bit more and like where i mean i think for us it's obvious why that's so important but maybe like for some people listening like why do we need to focus on remineralizing and and what does that even mean? Right. And what does that even mean? And and what does that look like in Gosh. 
you know, in, in just a yeah. couple examples. That's a good question. So, you know, um, minerals is the foundation of nourishment. It's like if we imagine ourselves being a car and that car has a fuse box, uh, that fuse box gets has you know different compartments in each one of these compartments get activated with a certain mineral so we can only function properly when our fuse box is working and every compartment is activated and you know minerals have is minerals is the foundation of of nourishment and i feel like that's the forefront of successful nutrition any sorts whether you mm -hmm. plant-based veggie vegan omnivorous etc <laughs> breatharian <laughs> it, the focus is is on minerals and i feel like um we we as a collective been have been through such a, a deep process of demineralization as a society as a culture through the continuous agriculture and the soil depletion and the industrial, the appearance of the industrial diet and the fact that, you know, we are all, not just us, but a couple of previous generations have been raised on um, fairly demineralized staples of like wheat, soy, corn and starchy carbs plus whatever else we were lucky to get mm -hmm. <laughs> so um uh and and that remineralization is like the reclamation of our right to thrive and to and to move beyond that industrial uh template that we've been given you know um and there's a lot of work to do you know we find ourselves in the uh environment which you know where the soils are demineralized we, mm -hmm. where the mass agriculture is paramount where the soils have been depleted through not just 70 year last 70 years but also for thousands of years of ag bad agriculture agricultural practices since since the since the birth of agriculture mm -hmm. you know we find ourselves in an interesting place okay. uh, but still um you know minerals haven't disappeared anywhere and 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 also you know i know we want to touch on 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 the deep 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 topic of the our emotional health and minerals but I'll just I'll just finish uh, this one saying by saying that, you know, minerals are still around. It's just you're not gonna find them in in your supermarket staples. <laughs> so we need to pivot our lifestyle and pivot our diet to align ourselves with those minerals and learn which plants have minerals and how to get them, and start relying less and less on those supermarket staples that actually are just empty calories as many know and and take it from there one step at a time and then as the sort of mm, um, complementary complementary point i'm gonna make is it's easy to it's easy to start blaming environment about being demineralized like mm -hmm. you know i know a lot of veggie vegan people uh, are making a point that you know the soils are demineralized you can't get any minerals from the tomato tomato because you know there used to be x x percent more minerals in a tomato 100 years yeah. ago and now there's like you know even in the homegrown food is still a lack of minerals and and then I like bringing people to the place of realizing that 
again, taking the responsibility for it and taking responsibility for us feeling demineralized, <clears throat> feeling depleted, because um, both as a collective, as a society, we have a lot of continuous chronic practices, mental, emotional states that deplete us of minerals, um, lifestyle practices, and also as personally, um, our cortisol levels and our stressful lifestyles are correlating with us um, being depleted of minerals because mm -hmm. there has been a number of medical studies done and there are more done every day that support the findings that um, you know all the emotions in the lower scale of emotions from anger resentment depression to sadness helplessness and um, stress, frustration, fatigue, overwhelm—they all deplete us, for, uh, deplete us of minerals. Mm. And it's an—it was a very interesting realization for me because I have suspected it for a long time, but I haven't sort of crystallized it within myself. Um that we first need to look into ourselves into our mental and emotional states into our thoughts and again that's where you know the radical responsibility comes in and the invitation appears to actually just become better people first and and then feel the levels of nourishment shift in our life even though we might we, we may not even change what we're eating mm -hmm. uh, and and that realization came from, you know, from observation that obviously a lot of vegan moms are really struggling with feeling nourished and uh, mineralized. And they have good reasons for it. A lot of them, you know, don't know how to nourish themselves properly. Vegan veggie moms, I'm talking in general. But there are a lot of vegan veggie moms that are thriving and they're not even paying so much attention to what they're eating but actually mm -hmm. the quality the difference between the two is the mental emotional spiritual and you know what's for one mom comes as a completely natural because maybe you have the different upbringing and different childhood and different emotional patterns in their life you know we need to learn from from those success stories and from and from and from those people that create thriving in their bodies just by being happy emotionally content people so you know that's a lot to take in it's a big topic mm -hmm. but maybe i'll yeah. stop here for a bit <laughs> i mean it makes yeah i think it's so beautiful and so so profound and just when you were sharing this I was just thinking of like Z's grandmother and like all the elder the really older grandmothers great grandmothers great grandparents that I've seen in my life and like um for her in particular like she does not have a very good diet at all <laughs> but she's turning 100 in May and like she just has a beautiful outlook on life like yeah she's always curious she's always having conversation she's always just like in the flow and looking on the bright side and again like this is not to discount the importance of nourishment but i think like what we're 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 both getting to is like the the mind the mind and and it's really interesting also when you were sharing like i feel in that process of demineralization um which like i think i feel like i was aware on of on some level but like how power how those like you said the emotions on the lower mm -hmm. lower side of the scale how they can impact that and to me I was just seeing like this vicious cycle of like yeah if you're demineralized on or whatever starts first the chicken or the egg you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're struggling with your nourishment and then you're and your body's not able to um well we really didn't get told you this part but like that it kind of triggers these lower emotions or like this struggle and then it just kind of can go into this cycle from there and kind of like mm -hmm. triggering am I making sense I think yeah so. <laughs> yeah 
I was thinking of this in relation to the postpartum time because there's so much talk these mm-hmm. days about like postnatal depletion and how maybe all of these mm-hmm. postpartum mood and anxiety disorders are actually a lack of nourishment of nutrients and how that can go in both directions like not having the emotional support like community support spiritual preparedness for becoming a mother can in turn impact how we're receiving this nourishment and they can go in either direction so like Sarah said it's maybe a chicken or the Mm -hmm. egg situation well yes I agree with you because I also uh felt that experience that loop in my life Mm -hmm. and that's what that meditation comes from as well um but from from my observation and experience uh first thing to work on first thing to change is always the mind like mm-hmm. it has to go just by the law of life it has to go from non-physical to physical mm-hmm. has to start from the spiritual and then from consciousness and from that awareness realization make steps towards changing that internally first and then the outside world will reflect that just by simply by choosing or by practicing being in the higher mental emotional states um, then you will align naturally to the frequencies of the higher frequencies of the higher frequency foods Mm -hmm. which are the more natural wholesome foods in any case so and you know as you say the chicken and egg situation when we feel depressed angry resentful sad etc we choose the food that is also nourishing those emotions and that is usually food that we just want to like eat to feel a bit numb and it's probably pretty empty of of um minerals and just like empty calories and lots of comfort so um so yeah (laughs) that's the situation and what i wanted to mention is that you know it's it's an important correlation that a lot of uh sort of early postpartum world is talking about um you know that's that's where mothers find themselves in the early postpartum in a lot of these mm-hmm. uh, difficult emotional states, and I feel it's not an easy answer, and it's not necessarily an easy direction for mothers to just say like it's your responsibility, but it's also it's not an easy medicine <laughs> and those in that in in those situations. But it's also a good awareness to have that, like, no one will change it for you. And even, you know, the community is a huge, it's a huge topic. And I'm sure you've spoken about it in many, in many of your episodes. Um, But, you know, community... I'm sure you know about the blue zones and and the zones of the um, of longevity that are in different areas of the world where people live to a hundred and are generally healthier than everywhere else. And all those zones have a very strong element of community. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I also don't want to leave mothers disempowered about community and just crying because they feel lonely and don't have community like mm-hmm. I always tell I, I just don't tell them to just you know we just got to create community around you in one shape or another like you just can't cry about it because there's none like you've got to do something about it mm-hmm. it's not always easy but there's a choice yeah yeah and I mean I feel like we're that's been something we've speak been speaking to a lot is like okay how do you do it like you mm-hmm. yes you need to manifest it you need to take action you need to make phone calls you need to like put yourself out there and I also think like community doesn't need to mean like a group of 20 or 30 people like community yeah. can be, like, <laughs> two close families who are supporting 
each mm-hmm. other, you know, or it can, it can mean so many different things, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that was just another piece that I wanted to add to the postpartum mm-hmm. is like that. I, we can't do it alone. Like mm-hmm. we're not designed to do it alone. And so like, I think the responsibility is, is not just on one person, but it's like a societal re- responsibility that yeah for sure that we individually can help activate and help create and like yeah yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) I am another point that I that I really loved on your on the um the course was just like that it's not about taking things away or taking Mm -hmm. but like adding things and I really love that because there's definitely, you know, there's definitely things in my, in my diet that I feel like are critical at this moment, but like, yeah. and I wouldn't want to take them away, but I absolutely feel like there's things I can be adding. And, yeah. um, but sometimes it feels a little daunting. Like in the past, Joel's been here and he, you know, he like whips up some magical things from some weeds that he found in our backyard. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what this is. And you've been standing here at the Cuisinart for like two hours. <laughs> really good. <laughs> but I don't know what you did. And I and I feel a little like you don't have that time. I feel a little intimidated by how to do this. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I for those listening, I'm just wondering like where do you feel like is a really um easy place to start or just like one or two things to incorporate um that you know just like this the starting place mm-hmm. so first of all yes in in this specific plant empowered woman body work i i specifically share things in a way that it's very sort of gentle and fluid and feminine and you know doesn't include taking your eggs away in the middle of your postpartum period mm-hmm. like um you know like i i feel like i'm 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 blessed with such a broad and and non-judgmental spectrum of nourishment and and inside of nourishment that you know i can accommodate wherever people are at and and just flow with what's the most inspiring for them what's you know what's the next most inspiring thing they can do for themselves to take themselves to that direction because people you know whatever they're eating wherever they are they need to choose a direction general direction where they want to go and um and you know i i don't have any um, sort of qualms with people just eating regular vegetarian vegan diet if it works for them but what i find that sometimes when people just eat regular vegan vegetarian diet that works for them um they some suddenly start pivoting to the to the meat camp and so then i i i share with people to add a direction of minerals from plants from wild foods because it elevates elevates the whole game and it gives you some heavy duty guns to work with you know uh and of course you can you work with them on your pace and the idea that if you ever have if you ever choose to let go of any foods comes from just natural satiation of minerals from mm. other foods. Mm-hmm. Um, that's ideal. And that's what I would personally choose for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I wouldn't take away my a food or a food group for myself because I have to. It's just because it would just vanish because I just don't get around to eating it because I'm eating something else. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. So getting back to what to include <laughs> when you feel overwhelmed and you have no idea. So all recipes that I share in the Plant Empowered Women are actually super easy and quick. 
they like my versions of Joel's recipes. So <laughs> that's so I had to that's why I had to put it together because you know for me personally to incorporate something in my life it has to be easy, quick and practical. And I know for most women that's the case. And you know, I know Joel think takes things to the next level which is amazing but most people cannot replicate it mm -hmm. unless they <laughs> change their lives <laughs> and, which you know might not be a bad thing but not everyone is at that place you know joe has people clients working with him at that level but for for the plant empowered women all the recipes in in within this work is uh are very very simple so the most important ones, uh, sort of habits to have is um, one. Well, I mean, I'll name a couple. Couple being easy. One is being uh, abundant hydration. Actually, drinking water and allowing our systems to flush. And two smoothies, like daily smoothie, which you know that's a huge topic. We can talk about it a little <laughs> more. And three, the mineralizing broth, like mastering that broth and actually using it as a base for, for all your food makes a huge difference as well. And not just for adults, but also for kids because um, that uplifts the kids' nutrition as well. Like I cook in a kindergarten right now, mm. one day a week. So my restaurant clients are like toddlers. <laughs> so I experiment a lot. And, you know, they really, you know, they really fussy and they eat very like just specific foods, like most, like all kids. Mm -hmm. But like they will not notice or mind. In fact, they will lap, lap the food even more if, if I use like the mineralizing broth as a base of a soup. And then you know, I cover it up with non-intrusive flavors. <laughs> yeah, or like even cooking rice or pasta in these mineralizing broths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like those things really make a difference. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we share about the nettle elixir a lot, which is so easy to make. God bless me. Um, <laughs> I made a reel about it on my Instagram. So you can learn how to do it in 90 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I made reels of all these recipes. Um, so they're there for people. Great. But the, the nettle elixir, we're using the nettle powder because you can buy it online and it's convenient. And it's literally like some dates, some lemon juice, some nettle powder, some water, maybe it tablespoon of tahini that's it and it makes a difference because like if you use 25 grams of nettle a day it will make a difference to how you feel mm -hmm. we had so much nettle on our farm this year like <laughs> so much and we have so much dried nettle in the attic so i'm definitely yeah. gonna be inspired to get on that yeah. yeah that was one actually one that I was when I was reviewing the course I was like I think I could make this one happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems, so, it seems mm -hmm. doable so that's super easy and just a little note about smoothies so smoothies are really important because they they are a great way to include a lot of fruit and a lot of sour berries vitamin c berries into our daily life which especially in the pregnancy birth postpartum are critical because sour berries and vitamin c berries together with seaweeds um have the components that help the body synthesize collagen naturally and regenerate the tissues so when new moms ask me so, you know, my nutritionist told me to have bone broth after I gave birth to regenerate the tissues. What are the alternatives? <laughs> and I would say berries. Mm. It's, berries it's, in combination with seaweed, though? Well, you don't eat them at the same time. But uh -huh. if, you're eating, 
if you have like mineralizing broth, uh -huh. like a lot of um, those properties, regenerative uh, properties and uh, healing sugars, and then you add berries, which have a lot of vitamin C, um, it helps the body synthesize the collagen. Mm. Um, so, and, and that regenerates, repairs the tissues. Mm -hmm. uh, but berries generally besides that is the most natural food like for us to and it's it sort of carries that bl blueprint of thriving in paradise and vibrancy and radiance and you want more of that in your life you know um more color so a word about smoothies like most people just take it for granted that they know how to make a smoothie <laughs> and yeah, it's in Joel do it <laughs> It's important yeah. to realize that you don't know and there is room to learn <laughs> because like you can literally change your nourishment game with smoothies if you know how to make them. Um, if by know how to make them, I mean know how to combine the elements, know how, know how to make the um, warming smoothies for early mm -hmm. postpartum and not, you know, and not like torture yourself with ice cold smoothies in winter mm -hmm. you know we've converted so many people in, into all year round smoothies by just teaching them how to do it properly and you know letting them know that they can have a smoothie that is warm and that is amazing and delicious and nourishing and full of amazing things yeah. in the middle of winter and it'll feel good for the whole body mm -hmm. and for me personally that's like a life savior especially living in the uh, snow <laughs> um so yeah smoothies are important do you have a favorite um, smoothie right now um favorite smoothie right now favorite smoothie right now did i write a note about it mm. okay so favorite smoothie right now I make it pretty simple. Again, the recipe I made a reel on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's just like the base of dates and a lot of lemon. We use a lot of lemon and sour fruit because oh. it's warm, warming as well energetically. So in in the cold months, we would use more <clears throat> sour things, sour fruit, sour berries, and then of course sour berries. Uh, anything from frozen you know frozen or or dry but we usually use some frozen and then you can add your tonic tea herbal tea warmed up as mm. you know, instead of water as the to start the blending and then add whatever herbs superfoods of your choice i every day i use maca which for most women is also a huge game changer because most of women's hormones are somewhat out of whack mm -hmm. and we all could do with support at the creative vital of our creative vital force mm. uh, so maca and you know a few other things and bananas and tahini or hemp i use a lot of health health hemp and 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 poppy seed poppy seed is quite a big game changer as well because it's super rich in zinc and people tend to overlook poppy seed for but it's it's actually great for replenishing and it's in our like early postpartum recipes we use that sort of very rich poppy seed mm. milk thistle <clears throat> hemp milk and and yeah that's that's the smoothie all right <laughs> <laughs> I have to work on the poppy seeds because I've never been a big poppy seed fan. Well, maybe... you don't you don't actually taste them. That's the no. thing. Okay. So you would you would grind them before uh -huh. using them and they just disappear. I think I've always had them in like those Polish desserts that are just like yeah. so much poppy seed and it's just mm. not it's just not my thing. But yeah, I have yeah, never yeah. made the poppy seed milk, so I will try because he bought a five pound bag of poppy seeds. Wow, that's just been sitting yeah. in the freezer. Great. So, so you know, we don't use a lot. Maybe like 
two two or three tablespoons for two people and then we grind them in a coffee grinder so because if you just put them in a blender they're not gonna be they're too small to blend Uh huh. Okay. And then you blend it with water once you've put it in the coffee grinder. oh we dry we blend them dry in a coffee grinder and once Right. they and once they ground then we just add them to the bl big blender with everything else and Oh, they just I see. I see. yeah They get. I gotcha. yeah <laughs> cool. All right. <laughs> I'll give it a try. yeah so i think that's that's i covered my i covered my things i'll just mention that you know there are keys where the minerals lie in the plant kingdom and that's not where we usually look at look into and those are usually wild leaves flowers fruits roots mushrooms seaweeds spices and And so, you know, the invitation is to study those more. You know, we talked about nettle today. It's a leaf, there's flowers, there's fruits like, you know, that you can get in dry form or fresh or frozen uh, that hold those mineral keys, roots, mushrooms. Of course, you know about mushrooms <laughs> and seaweeds and spices. So we need to look that we have those groups and incorporate more of these group groups into our <laughs> Daily nourishment and learn about them more. yeah one thing that I really appreciate about your your approach in this work and also just your beingness like you can you can see it I'm sure people can hear it is your sort of dedication to play, to curiosity, to creativity, like this could be super serious and you could study all of the different seaweeds and like get into the nitty gritty and just get really serious with your seaweeds. But there's this lightness and joy that you bring to this that I really appreciate. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and even things that, like we were talking about earlier, might not be the easiest. Like you have a story about how you don't actually have elderberry near where you are. And so you make a trip to, I think you said like 50 Yeah, miles away yeah. to the capital. And it's a choice that you make to incorporate that into your life as play. Yeah. Well, you know, people are so... It, It, there's a saying that it's easier to change someone's religion than to change some, the way someone eats. So, you know, we need to be very um, playful and inspire people to make changes and by, you know, by being that playfulness, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but you reminded about the elderberry now, I can't stop thinking about it. That's very important. <laughs> very important for for women like wow it really it really makes a huge difference the elderberry things elderberry elixirs elderberry teas so much to talk about huh Mm hmm indeed <laughs> i feel like we covered a lot though yeah so yeah you know i'm just gonna open the invitation for whoever is listening to this if if you want to dive deeper and sort of upgrade your nourishment and all areas of your life then the plant empowered woman is here for you and depending on when you're listening to this we're running a group from the 10th of march and then probably some other times <laughs> in how the future can you go into a little bit about the like the structure of the class and the course and how long it is and just so people have an idea It's eight weeks, and I think we're meeting every second week, but every week people are getting sort of materials and resources, videos, little lessons on how to make different recipes, and then we have a group that we chat and we support each other, and that's how we go. Awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Iste, for meeting You're with us and just sharing your brilliance and your beauty and your love. And um, we definitely need to have a second podcast with you and with Joel to get your birth story because I never heard the whole thing. <laughs> but I got to be a small part of it when you called me, which was, Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so beautiful to connect and miss you guys. And Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Me too. Just thank you for your beautiful work and just your beautiful self and sharing.
sharing in such a graceful way. Thank you. Really appreciate you and your work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.